This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Thank you for listening to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Please support the show by subscribing to and leaving a five-star rating for the show on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Podbean, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and any of your favorite podcast platforms. You can also support the show by going to our website, blackandgoldhockey.com, where there's always exciting articles by the BNG writing staff. While you're there, don't forget to click on the fanatics.com banner for a great sports fan shopping experience. Are you, are you done yet? We're Black and Gold Hockey Podcast is powered by BetOnline.ag and in partnership with the Black and Gold Production Sports Media Company. This is Season 5, Episode 244, and I'm your host, Mark Allred, and we ask that you all please subscribe to our weekly Bruins Hockey Talk on all worldwide podcast platforms and video content on our related YouTube channel. With all that being said, time to talk Boston Bruins with my friend Heather Ingerson. Heather, what up? Hello. How are you today? Exciting awesome. show. Awesome. I am having an fantastic weekend it is gorgeous out this is the type of weather i absolutely love i've been out for two days on the deck setting up the mobile office outside the air it's beautiful i love this time of year and we're only 34 days away we are a byron defoe away (laughs) from boston bruins hockey and i'm loving it but we do we have a huge guest um uh, he's 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 a former black and gold hockey.com writer now left us unfortunately but crossed over the uh the threshold of uh an nhl journalist now he's working for nhl.com and that is patrick donnelly give him a follow at pat don 12 what a great conversation we had i can't wait to freaking get that going um all right so here we are i'm excited i agree with you fall's my favorite time i saw somewhere Someone published about cider donuts, and I can't wait to maybe try and try out a bunch of those. I just love it. I just love this time, apple and thing. And I'm not a giant pumpkin person, but I do like me a pumpkin thing or two every now and then, you know, not 
not a cough during the summer, but I don't know. It's fall in New England is the best because it's nice and warm during the day and you're comfortable, but not necessarily sweating. And then at night it cools down and you can sleep comfortably and the stupid humidity is gone. And this is exactly. why I live in New England. So when people are like, oh, why do you live where there's snow? Because I like snow. Okay. And I like <laughs> when the weather's like this and that's it. But you know what else I like? What's that? I like football and I'm ready for some football. No, I'm just kidding. I just had to do it to jazz you. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a football guy, but there are people out there that love football and other sports. So this is a good opportunity to talk about a show sponsor, betonline.ag. It's that time of the year again, and all eyes are now turning to football as teams are back on the gridiron to start the NFL season. As always, betonline.ag is your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. Get all the updated odds, props, and contests, including online's biggest half-million-dollar NFL mega contest and the world's largest $200,000 NFL survivor contest, open now at betonline.ag. Head over to the betonline.ag website or use your mobile device to sign up today to receive your 100% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Be sure to take advantage of their opening day super promo. Make a bet on the Thursday, September 9th season opener between the Super Bowl champion Tampa Bay Buccaneers and the Dallas Cowboys. And if you lose, your wager will be refunded up to $25 for new customers only when signing up and using the promo code NFL100. That's NFL100. BetOnline.ag, your online sportsbook expert. All right, now it's time to get into the Boston Bruins hockey talk after that awesome ad read from myself, I must say. Not bad. Yeah, but we do know. love betonline.ag, and it's my favorite book to go to to make sports bets. Uh, football is here, as, as you mentioned earlier, and uh, baseball still going on. There's golf still going on. Hockey's coming around the corner, so get yourself a free account at betonline.ag. And don't forget to use that code this week. NFL 100, it, when you sign up and you uh, make your first deposit, we would certainly appreciate that. So, as always, we just go right into the weeks, and I give control to Heather because she is such a control freak. So, the agenda is yours, madam. I am. Okay. Sorry. Well, <laughs> no, that's fine. I am a control freak. You're not saying anything that isn't true, but I'm self-actualized <laughs> enough to know that. So, um, so I always like to start with this you know, whatever the things first. So we got a few things we got to cover that aren't the nicest, but the first thing we have to do is um, definitely honor and recognize the fact that yesterday on September 11th was the 20th anniversary of the attacks on this nation by the terrorists. And um, none of us, it's one of those life-changing moments, like exactly where you were, uh, the lives and families and nations affected. It was a big deal. And I don't want to get all teary eyed, but again, I'd be remorseful if we didn't at least take a minute, even if it did make us cry a minute, to uh, say thank you to those who rushed down to help the situation. Uh, I guess thank you, thankful for the people who got to get out and, you know, just remember those who did not that day. That's yeah. all. Do you, what are your thoughts? I'm sorry. I just... 20, 20 so years. Hard. 20 all years. The years and I, 20 years, it was just a really tough day yesterday with my, uh, with my Courtney watching it on the news and so on, just uh, the time, the time stamps of that day and the events and, and all that. So it was just a real touching moment of uh, remembrance of uh, all that were lost, um, um, you know, citizens of the United States, non-citizens of the United States um, and uh, first responders, uh, you know, the police and fire and, and emergency uh, responses, all those, all those 
folks that were involved and, and tragically passed away in uh, in a in a, in a uh, disgraceful act of of um, you know whatever. It's just it's a really tough. It was a real tough day, and every year it is uh, tough to remember. But um, you know, yes, thoughts, really thoughts, thoughts continue um, obviously to those um, family members and friends that lost lost you know close ones. So. Um, but that's all I got to say about that because I don't want to get all upset myself. Yeah, it is. I just, like I tweeted, just just remember together. You know what I mean? Like we may yeah. have our differences, but my country right or wrong. And on that day, the only thing that felt right was the sense of this country stopping and then just starting back. Like, what do we do? You know, just that right. kind of. And that's it but okay well like that's not sad enough um we would like to bring up um it's definitely a big story but if you listen not from our area you may not know that um jake tebow he is a milton academy player was hurt during a labor day tournament weekend last weekend uh and paralyzed uh he i saw him talking you know he so he is like you know conscious talking everything like that but um there is a GoFundMe fund for him. So if you can support or would like to support, you know, to help him with the medical bills and what it'll take to get this young man, hopefully, you know, back to the best that he can be and beyond, please go look it up. Jake um, Tebow. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, these are coming, these injuries are coming in just way too fast. Um, ben, and hopefully that there's a way to, uh, to find, ways that this does this cannot happen any further it's just so sad that young young members of the hockey community um you know they go out and play a game that they love but sometimes it's it's those moments that um um can be the worst in certain situations and obviously this is one of them you know dating back to like travis roy and so on and 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 his his accident and then courageous effort to to uh, promote awareness about it um, was just, you know, an amazing feat and AJ Coetta and so on. And, you know, and this, and this young man. So it was really good to see him. Uh, 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 I think that, I don't know if it was him, but it might've been some family member that tweeted out that he was, he sat up in his bed, yeah. um, you know, so that it's, it's a, uh, that's a good thing to moving forward. Yeah. So hopefully his recovery, you know, Gets, be gets somewhat ride. better it's going to be yeah it's going to be a long ride but uh our thoughts and and prayers to um to him and his family moving forward yeah it just it just takes a second right it's just you don't want to discourage people but you know whenever you you do any kind of contact sport or some you know dangerous thing you might construction on a high level you might something try you know it's just yeah how things generally you trust it's going to be all right, but sometimes it just happens. But yeah, we're, we're thinking of you and we obviously aren't doctors. So there's nothing we can do on that aspect, but I'm sure he's a tough young man. If he plays hockey at Milton Academy, you know, so yep. there you go. Um, and I, the last sad thing I promised my friends stay with us though. Uh, we just wanted to mention that on September 7th was the 10th anniversary of the horrible, plane crash that killed 37 members of the KHL's locomotive Yaroslavl team. Uh, 44 people died, the whole flight crew too, and they were on their way to Minsk to play Dynamo. Dy I always say Dynamo because it looks like Dynamo to me, but it's Dynamo, whatever. But 
it just was sad. And it would, it's like, wow, it's been 10 freaking years. Like it's crazy, but that was very tragic. And I just think it would be weird if we did not say thoughts and prayers to those two cities, those people's yep. families and just the KHL generally, because that was a really, we have a lot of sad moments that happen, obviously as a hockey community, you know, and as everyone says, we're a big hockey community, but uh, that was a really hard day. Yep. Yeah, and uh, former Boston Bruins, Brad McCrimmon, um, tragically passed away in that, in that, uh, in that plane crash. So obviously we continue thoughts to their families and friends of, um, you know, that 10 year, I don't want to call it an anniversary, um, you know, just remembrance. But um, also forgot to mention that um, Ace Bailey and uh, Mark yeah. Davis scouts for the NHL and, and Ace was a was a um, former member of the Boston Bruins, uh, passed away in um, the September 11th attack. So, mm-hmm. you know, Reached can we everywhere. move on to some positive, right. like happy hockey talk? I know. Well, <laughs> you know, you know I, how I feel. I don't like when we, you know, it's hard to do those things, but it would be also weird if we did not mention on them. But no, yes, I can move true. on to a happier thing that my aunt Chrissy, I get a call at work yesterday and she clearly needs to, whatever, she comes in, she has a basket full of Bruin stuff. She won a raffle. There was like a fundraiser for a September 11th Memorial thing down at the Lafayette club, our local Franco American naturalization club. Yeah. Shout out French Canadians. No, I'm just kidding. Um, anyways, uh, she bought me a whole box of things. There are socks, two signed things from Terry O'Reilly, who also happened to be the one drawing the raffle prizes out of the thing, a candle, a mug, a Pasternak jersey, like more and more. It was so many things. And that's a happy note that turned my uh, Saturday around because it was a rough day, obviously, yesterday, just generally as a mood as a nation, but also um, as a human, I was having a rough mood, but that turned my frown upside down. And it is hard to do that with me sometimes. (laughs) So thank you, Auntie Chrissy. She won't listen to this, but I told her I was going to give her a shout out anyways. It's a trick. Congrats, Chrissy. Yeah, no, congratulations to me because I just inherited a crap ton of brewing stuff, which makes me happy. <laughs> okay. Yeah. You know what else makes me happy? And I'm sure everyone who saw it, the ice is laid at the garden. Yes, they sir. They did their magic. We're ready to go. We're just waiting for the hockey games to start up. Yes. Woo! I'm excited. Yeah, ice is down. Paint is down. And, and we're getting closer. 34 days to go, baby. I can't freaking wait. I was like, it's really real. It's really real. It's getting real. <laughs> and so, yes, the excitement is starting 34 days, a Byron Defoe day away, but not quite yes. as a Dano Chara. Just kidding. <laughs> all right. So, all right. First serious topic, okay? Let's I just go. have to bring this up because this is the worst thing ever. The rumor this week in speculation, one of the crazy things this week, P.K. Subban being <laughs> a potential target for the Bruins. And I mean this from the bottom of my heart, and this is explicit, kids, so cover your ears if you're a P.K. Subban lover or don't like swear words. No fucking thank you very much. He is too egocentric. I mean, maybe not as a human, but just like his personality. He's a big sports personality. You can't be like that in Boston, especially not on the Bruins. Jesus, like you don't get very more old school kind of than them. And also, he costs too much, and he's not P.K. Subban from 10 years ago. So thank right. you. No fucking thank you very much. Your thoughts on that situation? You know, it's 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 funny. The, the people that report on it get trashed so bad about stuff like this. But if you actually think about it, and you're 
you're sitting in the GM chair, it's hard not to kick the tires on an idea like this, even though it's somewhat realistic. But you wouldn't be doing your job as an organizational, you know, uh, leader if you weren't looking to make your team better. And whether PK would make it better or not, it, it to me, it's it's worth reporting on if 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 uh, the Leafs and the Bruins had conversations that's it it's not we're not saying that this is going to happen as a definite but it's just you know you're definitely right when it comes to money because i honestly don't think that uh the bruins of don sweeney called and said hey um you know uh who's uh who's the gm is it um he used to be a bruin i don't remember his name in new jersey um, um He's, he's related to um Jimmy Hayes and, and I know Kevin why Hayes. are you doing this to me? Uh, Tom, I don't know. All right, all right, Tom all right. So Fitzgerald, we'll move on. Tom Fitzgerald. Tom Fitzgerald. Yes, thank you very much. Tom Fitzgerald. Um, you know, Don Sweeney calling Tom and saying, "Hey, dude, do you think that you can eat eight million dollars of that salary, and we'll take PK Subban?" And you know, I don't think that's going to happen. No freaking way they're going to do that. Nobody's retaining more than ninety five percent of their deal. So. I, you know, I don't, I don't see it happening. Um, I don't see a fit, honestly. I think what we have right now is pretty decent. He's a right shot when we're still looking for uh, another left shot defenseman. So, but I think he could play. He's a versatile uh, D man. So who knows? But you know, uh, you know, like I said, it's not, it's not bad to kick tires on ideas. You know, so look, I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is, every week there's this. You have to look at it realistically because if you're a GM, you're also insane to like bet your whole boat on a PK Subban right. who every two years ends up on a different team at this point and he already makes too much. And again, he's a perfectly – he's a fine defenseman. Like he's not the worst – you know what I mean? He's a good, solid defensive. But like $9 million? How are you supposed to pay Charlie McElvoy $9 million if you give PK Subban $9 no. million? No, it makes sense, you know. And they're going to say, I'll eat four of that nine, but you have to give me Jack Stadnika and a second round pick or something too. Like, you know what I mean? You're, like, You're still going to have to move out a contract to make yeah. that happen. And I don't see that for an addition of a of an aging defenseman. So, yeah, we don't need uh, that one. As unrealistic as it is, it's, you know. Like I said, I'm not knocking not anybody for I'm not knocking anybody for reporting on it or whatever else, but these are just, this was one of those ones that was like, Oh, brain. No, why are you doing this to me? <laughs> Look again. All right. So that's all I mentioned it. It's no offense to anyone who brought it up. I mean, it's a perfectly, I mean, he's a good defenseman. That's great. But he also costs more than what we have. Okay. Um, okay. This one's hard. Okay. So Patrice Bergeron gave an interview this week and he said he's not going to worry about the contract throughout the season. So we, anybody who brings that up all season long, didn't listen to this interview. Uh, he also alluded, he's not sure what he's doing and the off season and he's not going to worry about it till he gets there and retirement is a possibility. And that's from Patrice Bergeron. That's a summary. I'm not quoting him, obviously. But what you can surmise from that interview is the reason he's not worrying about it is he really doesn't know what he wants or what the option, you know. He just wants to ride his 18th year, play it out and see what happens, and we'll talk about it come, hopefully, after we raise the cup in June. Yeah. Um that's respected at his age and what he's done. The guy's an absolute warrior. He is the, uh, the, you know, through and through captain of this team. Although, you know, he's only got one year with C, 
uh, on his shoulder, but still, um, I don't, I don't mind the idea and I don't get the fan freak out. That's like, you know, I mean, sooner or later, this is going to happen and he's going to walk away from this team. So we have to be prepared for that, but I don't mind one year deals. You know, if he, if he can continue to do it, let's get him on a year to year contract. There's no need to like extend them for four years or anything like that. I, I respect what he said about his future with Boston, but also I really respect the thing, the idea that he wants to concentrate on getting a job done and possibly another Stanley cup um, ring on his finger uh, in the upcoming season and wants to focus on that. And I, I totally respect that. So I'm not freaking out about Patrice Bergeron and what he said, like many other people are like, Oh my God, the world's ending. Cause we're going to, you know, Patrice isn't coming back. But um, kind of feels like the world would end if he didn't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm not prepared it, for that. It wouldn't. I'm not prepared for that day, but still, it's just you know, yeah. it should happen. like it wouldn't actually end, but it would feel like it for like a couple weeks, the first game of the season, somewhere right. mid-year when they put his jersey up in the rafters. And whatever. I'm just gonna go ahead. No, I'm done. Yeah, I just again, you know, this is gonna happen. This kid has given us literally his life. He needs to do whatever he feels he needs to do. And also like at his, he doesn't know how he's going to feel at the end of the season. He's played a long time, 18 exactly. years. He, he was a baby when he came here. Now he's a father. He's got his kids. He's got his beautiful wife. He's always going to be a Bruin no matter what. We have to prepare for this day anyways. And we just want to say from the get-go, Patrice, just like Krejci, we support you and whatever you need to do for you, dude, because in the end, you're just a man with your own life. And need to do what you decide. I mean, hopefully you sign so one more year, please. Yeah. I mean, no, not? I'm just, I'm just, we got to figure it out. Okay. That's that. Bergie, we love you. We hardly knew you over these 18 years. No, I'm just kidding. Obviously we do more. Okay. Um, but this was exciting. Peter McNabb's going into the U.S. Hockey Hall of Fame and as a member of the class of 2021. Congratulations to you, sir. Uh, former Bruins badass. He didn't just play for us. He was drafted by the Sabres and, uh, yeah, he's got some crazy stats, uh, this man, and in one of the greatest American player, you know, stat-wise, and good for him, and had a hell of an NHL career. And when he was with the Bruins, uh, he also was a standout in college uh, at the University of Denver. But when he played with the Bruins, he they went to the playoffs like eight out of, I mean, uh, seven out of eight times. He had a ton a few 70 point seasons, this, that goals. He's crazy. Anyways, congratulations, Peter McNabb, Bruins alumni class of 2021 U S hockey hall of fame, baby. Yes. Uh, I, I always liked watching that guy as a player, as a young kid. Um, but um, it's awesome. That's, that's a great honor to uh, have a shrine per se at the, uh, at the uh, hockey hall of fame in Eveleth, Minnesota. So uh, uh I, hopefully yeah, we another shrine ends up there one that has close ties to us heather and that's the amesbury maples that i constantly freaking talk about hopefully we gotta make they, a campaign yeah yeah we I've, I've been trying to reach out emails and so on but uh my efforts are uh, slim to none but i hopefully that picks up with the uh the maples coming up on 100 years uh yeah. in uh 2024 so um yeah, congratulations to Peter McNabb and uh, and your contributions to the, to the Black and Gold in Boston over the years. Uh, really exciting times, real exciting teams back in then. That those were the days of the Big Bad Bruins, and uh, he he played a big part of it. That you know, not only could uh, 
could be a, a good player and a productive goal scorer, but also, you know, be that intimidating factor if needed. Yeah. So be a badass that pretty much defined the Bruins in the sick late sixties through the oh, yeah. 2013 or so, I guess would be my guess. And then right. now we're in the new era of Bruins to figure out our new big badass. I'm sorry. Somewhere in the world. I heard Danielle say Trent Frederick. I just, I just had to say, I'm sorry. Okay. Back to, and back to the podcast. So this is exciting. You get to talk a little bit, hopefully. I don't know if you have any thoughts on this, but the Bruins released their training camp rosters and I'm not training camp. I'm sorry. Rookie camp. I misspoke uh, for their prospect challenge though. They released the roster for that rookie camps opening um, the 16th mark. Yeah, Thursday the 16th at the Warrior Ice Arena in Brighton, Massachusetts. They're um, going to do, a, um, um, a two, I believe, a two-session or one full session. Um, or they might do a one full session of, uh, of skills training and then um, possibly a, um, a scrimmage, black and white scrimmage. So uh, I believe that that with with these weird times and i don't want to say a certain word we got to by the way i do want to talk uh, heather that we can't say a certain word because um it's been um um you know taken off of youtube so i will let you know that word uh later so let's not talk about uh what's going on in the pandemic and so on so okay. um if if we're allowed to go if fans are allowed to attend with with these pandemic numbers uh increasing a little bit uh it is open to the public so uh, training camp uh, supposedly hasn't been released yet. So um, that should start between the, the 20th of this month and the 25th. I'm just throwing a wide range of guesses right there because it's not. But on the um, the prospect challenge that's happening in Philly, in, I'm sorry, in Buffalo, uh, is going to see um, a, a lot of good talent that the Boston Bruins have in, in the system right now and some invites. So uh, I'm going to go through the list real quick for, for the forwards. Samuel Asseline, Mark Boudreaux, Camp Invite, Matt Philippe, Jesper Froden, Curtis Hall, Brett Harrison, uh, Jacob Hudson, Camp Invite, Jakob Lauko, Fabian Lysel, Ian McKinnon, Oscar Steen, Edwards Trailmax, um, Alex Olivier Voyer, Defenseman, Jack Ashan, Victor Berglund, Noah Dory, Camp Invite, J.D. Greenway, Brady Lyle, Ryan Mast, Andrew Pesky, and Nick Wolf. Goaltenders, are you ready, Heather? I'm ready. Goaltenders are Kyle Kaiser and Jeremy Broder. Oh, my God. Heather's got female wood. <laughs> what? I'm trying to put Marty on the screen. There he is. Marty. Oh my God. Destiny has brought us together, Jeremy Brodor. Yes. You're not going to wear the same colors as dad, but there. It's oh still, be, still be kind of cool. Now, I want to touch on that uh, Jeremy Brodor thing for a little while. Now, back in development camp, the Boston Bruins did invite. Um, Massachusetts native Keith Petroselli to mm -hmm. uh, to to get a look. You know he's a he he did not want to sign with the Detroit Red Wings, uh, ultimately becoming a free agent in uh, mid August. But um, uh, even when uh, development camp happened in early August, he was able to go because he had no commitments or ties to Detroit anymore. But I kind of thought that that was going to be an evaluation process for the Boston Bruins to address uh, a vacancy at the main Mariners level in the East coast hockey league. And uh, right now 
I'm thinking, and I'm not, it's not set in stone by any roster or anything like that, official roster. I mean, but it seems like Callum Booth is going to be the guy in Maine uh, right now, and he's going to need a backup or or a, a tandem member. This is another thing that I think that Jeremy Brodeur could get looks for as a, as a minor pro deal, you know, if he wants to, um, you know, cross the threat up. Not cross the threshold into pro hockey or anything like that, but um, you know, uh, find a place in the Boston Bruins organization somewhere and continue to be, um, you know, developing while being close enough for the Bruins to uh, to scout him and and keep tabs on him, and then possibly who knows, you can work your way up. It's not the first time a, a East Coast Hockey League goaltender or player, for that matter, has worked their way up to the NHL. So. Uh, it's kind of exciting. I can't wait to see what he has. And yeah. hopefully these games are going to be streamed. I know that um, Pittsburgh did pull out. So it's going to be Buffalo and New Jersey and Boston yeah. in a three-team round-robin tournament. So uh, hopefully uh, Pittsburgh or New Jersey – I'm sorry. Hopefully Buffalo or New Jersey affiliates have um, have streaming coverage so we can all watch it. Yeah, that's I know. I really hope they do stream it so people can watch. Can't get out there. But I think it's exciting – to uh, just because we do have some gaps, right? Swayman's going to be playing up. Uh, you sent Dan across the country, whatever. Uh, so I think it's an exciting opportunity. All I can think is, man, that's a tall order. If your dad is Martin Brodeur to decide to be a goaltender, that is someone who has a lot of self-confidence and what they have to bring to be able to live in a shadow, sure. just like everyone else's NHL kid. But I mean, same thing could be said for any great goaltenders kid. Like, Whoa, that's a very specific skill set. Uh, but no, I think it'll be exciting shakeup. I think it's a good um, training ground. Like you said, with the new system, like up there, cause Callum Booth might very well end up on Providence. You don't know what, you know, we don't really know what's going to happen. I don't think the Bruins quite know what the hell's happening. In well, their I mean, you could, they're not like totally listless, but like they have room to like still make moves and improve. And yeah, but I, I'm pretty, pretty much the AHL roster in, in the crease is yeah. pretty much set. You got Troy yeah. Grossnick that came in on a free agent, you know, uh two way deal. And you also got Kyle Kaiser that's in the mix. So I believe that those, those two are going to get a bunch of the, um, of the uh the games down in Providence. I understand. But uh, that. a couple a couple of players that I'm really excited to watch in this prospect challenge is definitely uh Jesper Froden, um Brett Harrison, uh Fabian Lysel, and um Victor Berglund uh, as a defenseman coming over here and and uh how he's going to play um in the smaller ice sheet. So it should be interesting and uh, and you know and um Ryan Mouchanel, the new coach of the uh, Providence Bruins, has mentioned uh, in his uh, in his press conference when he came aboard the team as the um, you know got promoted uh, from assistant coach to head coach, has mentioned that Fabian Lassell is going to get uh, heavy looks at this prospect challenge and then go from there. Um, it's a long shot for him to make the NHL roster right now, but this is they're going to really uh, watch him see how he plays against a mix uh, mixture of, of talent. He did play over in, in, um, in the SHL with some adult players and so on, but it's going to be uh, really interesting to see how he adjusts um, over here uh, and, and potentially maybe even earn a roster spot at, with, with Providence. So, but he also has that opportunity too to go to the WHL with the Vancouver giants, as we uh, mentioned in several podcasts um, that they own his rights as a CHL import. So regardless, he's going to be over in North America and developing and, and it's just going to be good for the, for him and the organization moving forward, wherever he goes. 
seems like he could have a very good shot of maybe impressing and getting an AHL spot, which would be great because it's hard to transition. But if they think you seem like you can transition well enough, that would be a good day. If not, like, I don't know, WHL, nice, dirty, gritty league to really get you bearings and uh, grow for a year. Um, I think that's really where the Bruins are at right now with these kids is just trying to figure out where is the best course of action for development, you know, like for some of these, you know, you don't want to push them too hard, too fast, especially the ones, you know, obviously the younger ones. I mean, the people who would be at the prospect challenge kind of players, you know, Uh, but they're also competing with spots. And hopefully some of these kids put a fire under the asses of like the Stadnikas and people like that of the world too, because I want to see more out of that crop that's aging out of, what's going to happen with you and your career path. Um, yeah, but it should always be exciting and hopefully they're streaming so we can see yes. clips or whatever. And uh, if people Tap can go in, shit in my veins, <laughs> get in there. And obviously uh regular camp must be starting soon. Like I said, this week, I'm sure all the players will be trickling in to do whatever um, captain's practices and so on. Yeah, and uh, also because there, I'm sure there's some kind of rules of having to be in town or whatever and tested X amount of times before the preseason games start or whatever. You know what I mean? Go yeah. through the just like they've done in the past, which seems weird because it's the never-ending. What are the protocols for these sports leagues? But that's exciting. Looking forward to regular camp. Not quite sure what's going there, but um, we can't get to Buffalo, so good luck, kids, in there and uh. Yeah, it's a good crop, some invites, and oh my god, I can't believe Marty Brodor's son might be wearing black and gold. Sorry. All right. <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, lists are just lists, right? But Charlie McAvoy was ranked 31st on the NHL Network's top 50 players, and that put him above Eric John Carlson. I almost said Eric Carlson, obviously. Um, sorry. <laughs> John Carlson. Uh, Dougie Hamilton and Chris Letang. So good for you, Charlie McAvoy. We know that lists are just subjective and we just put more fun stock in looking at them to see what they're doing. So can't wait to see if anyone else makes the top of that list. But yeah, good Charlie McAvoy. He's really getting his looks. He's going to milk the bees probably for whatever his hometown discount can do next year. And God, I love that little stud. I can't wait till he gets his first trophy with his little chipmunk cheeks. He's yeah. like, I'm the best defenseman in the NHL. Go. Yeah, uh, good on him. Um, it's uh, it's real positive to have a, somebody like him in the Bruins organization. And you know, uh, he's gonna he's gonna get paid next season. But also, he's another player that doesn't want to do contract talks over the over the year. Um, so he doesn't want that to hinder on his ability on the ice to, uh, be a solid teammate and so on, which is respected, but it also puts, um, the Bruins in a very, um, awkward situation when it comes to negotiations. Um, so hopefully, hopefully it doesn't get to the point where it was a couple of years ago with Pasternak and McAvoy when they pretty much like held out until the, I think it was a day or two before his training camp started uh, back in the day. So um, I just think that he's going to be a solid member for years to come um, on this team. And, oh, and hopefully he does. I mean, uh, his, his qualifying offer, if I'm not mistaken, is going to be at least 7.3 million. So we have to go North of that um, to retain him. So I have a feeling that, that something will work out. Um, hopefully it's longer term than, than shorter, but um 
He's just going to, he's just a valued piece of this, of this lineup on the, on the back end. And you got to give him credit too, for the fact is that he's for the past couple of years. I mean, he's, I mean, not top echelon, but he's up there when it comes down to, um, you know, defensive defenseman of the year um, award. And that's the Norris trophy. So we'll see what happens. Nothing but upside on this kid. If he continues, we've seen him grow into his body. We've seen him grow defensively as a player and offensively as a player as he's blooming. So, I mean, he's, Again, it's cliche, but like the Bruins always, at least for the last long, long time, have had a solid defensive player that is like their core kind of spirit of the game, right? We had the Chara and the Bork and the what you, you know, everybody yep. knows. That is Charlie McAvoy, or at least that is why he was drafted is to be the next, dare I say, he's not going to be Ray Bork. No one else will be Ray Bork, but he might be his own Charlie McAvoy version of Charlie McAvoy, though, and be, again, a beloved Hall of Fame member of the hockey community someday. If he just keeps growing, you know, he's starting to get into that sweet spot of age where he's just going to probably, where I'll be like, wow. You're even more awesome than we dreamed you would be, Charlie. But no, I'm happy for him too. And he is going to get paid. But again, a hometown discount for him is going to be freaking eight, five, you know, or eight million, something like that. But at the same time, like he is young enough. You know, I feel though, I don't like signing players for longer than five, maybe six years. So like McAvoy is a defenseman. I factor that in age plus performance. Yeah, like a six by eight or something like that for now, but with bonuses in there, like later when the cap goes up so they can get whatever those extra benefit factors in or whatever, as the contract ages, you know, also always, always pay someone who is, he's still a little South of it, but like, once you start creeping into the mid upper thirties, always make that contract top heavy pay less later when it's easier to get rid of if something goes wrong. Uh, That's a life lesson I've learned for several players over the last few years on the Boston Bruins. That's true. All right. That's it. Charlie McAvoy's awesome. But speaking of a player that didn't quite work out the way we wanted it here, uh, but was pretty awesome. uh, Former Boston Bruin, David Backus signed a one year, a one year, a one day deal with St. Louis blues to officially retire from the NHL. Sir, I know it was a rough ago here, but you're an awesome dude. I respected you on St. Louis. I respected you back when you ended up on the Ducks after. But uh, truly, truly a generational player and inspirational to everyone you played with, I think, because there's been nothing but goodness uh, spread around by former teammates and just dudes around the league. So congratulations, number 42. Good luck in what you do. Yeah, I mean – came to Boston, um, as a, you know, inspirational leader, um, you know, did the best that he could as an aging veteran, but I think he did a decent job. I am not saying that, you know, he, he had a hall of fame career here in Boston, but still he was, he was, he did what he was asked. He, you know, on the, um, on dropping the gloves hockey podcast with John Scott and, and our boy, um, uh, Tim Weisberger. Uh, you know, he mentioned that when, when he got, when he got to Boston, it was, it, he helped reconstruct the culture in there uh, alongside Zidane Chara and made some positive changes and so on, you know, so good on him for that. And, and 
you know, in a good career. I mean, he was a, a diehard St. Louis Blue uh, through and through. Uh, fortunate it, it didn't work out. You know, free agency brought him to Boston. And, yeah. um, you know, hopefully that him and his family and, uh, you know, enjoyed the retirement and, and, and the closeness of, uh, of having a family member that doesn't have to travel all over the place anymore. So, you know, it's just it's awesome. It's, it's just it's really cool to see a person like him that gives back to the community, not only for us humans, uh, but also the, the, the dog, the dog crew. Um, oh, yeah. he's, he, he's huge into, uh, you know, all the, uh, um, <clears throat> the dog, dog stuff. He rescues and stuff like yeah, that. Dog rescues. And adopt a pet campaigns. Exactly. And so it, I, I think mean, it's, just... it's easy to sum up David Backus just by looking at the last few years of his career. <clears throat> he had injuries. He had a freak illness when he was in Boston. That oh, really God, was geez. like the end thing. Right. But that dude did not give up. He kept chugging. It breaks my heart. He didn't quite get his games played. You know what I mean? Uh, That's rough, but it wasn't for trying. This guy could have laid down. He, even with the, when it was going down in Boston, he could, lesser men would have been pouting and whatever thing. Not David Backus. He sat his ass up on the ninth floor, helped coach his teammates down there as he could be the best member of the team. Same thing I'm sure he did when he went to Anaheim for that year. Exactly. Good on you, David Backus. You deserve to rest, my friend. But yeah, he's a basically you're a warrior. That's what it is to be a man. A fan, you know, get your stuff done. Get up. You don't complain. You do the best you can, and that's what we all could use a little lesson from. Sometimes I think. Sure. Um, okay. Okay. Well, what else was I gonna say? Okay, I'll just say about David Krejci. Scored his first goal, of course, in the first game that he played at home on Friday. Uh, someone, there was like the picture of him on the magazine that had been going on. And then some guy was like, sorry, Bruins fans. This is what it's like. I don't remember who it was, but it was like an obnoxious tweet, like, because he's the best thing, whatever. And I'm like, um, actually I fucking see David Krejci all the time and I love him and he's a stud. So congratulations to you for having him back. But like, I don't know what you're talking about. I got plenty of pics of David Krejci over the last 14, 15 years. I got posters from game nights. I've got whatever. Uh, I've got pictures of them all at Fenway, whatever, you know, table tennis. They're like, okay, thank you. That's a little obnoxious. I'm happy he's home. I'm happy you're happy. This Czech hero is home. But as a Bruins fan, kid, he was already playing here. You were like seven. No, I'm just kidding. I don't know. I don't know who it was. I don't the, need to be just the, the crazy yeah. drama continues, you know, and and, well, and I'm, not, I'm not hating on freaking Patrice Bergeron at all or anything like that or Don Sweeney for bringing yeah. it up as well. But it's it's just come on. Are we seriously thinking that's going to happen when Patrice Bergeron comes out and says, oh, we expect him back. We hope he comes yeah. back or whatever. Yeah. You know, let's 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 stop. Let's really seriously stop. I love well, that, David Krejci as much as anybody else, but you know what? It doesn't fit. It doesn't fit. Why would you move out a roster spot to make room for him and you only have a million dollars in cap space? So, Well, I mean, to be honest, because it's his fucking space and you didn't think, but my thing is that we, this might come down to some things, though, that we don't know as people who aren't in that locker room and in that in the deep right. circle as, right. a fr- as his friend, like – you know, probably being more in the inside of reasons of wanting to go, things like that. So that could also be that. But it also could be just like I have a wishful dream. You know my movie of the week. Krejci and Bergie embracing 
their awesomeness together, bringing it home for our last ride into the sunset. But you know what? Maybe that's just Bergeron saying it. As Bergeron, as uh, David Krejci's friend, as his teammate, it's got to be fucking weird for him right now. Like right. him and Marshawn are looking at each other like, where the hell are our people? Like where they go? <laughs> they're all gone off. They're they're all the kids. They're almost growing up on the back end. Damn it! Even Brad Marshawn will be gone probably, and then you know, I mean, not immediately, but he's getting old too. Everybody's gonna go away. But um, right. I don't know. I mean, Bergeron gets to say what Bergeron wants to say because he's well, frankly, Patrice Bergeron. So he does what it is. But I don't want Bergeron to be missing Krejci either and feel kind of sad on that. So. I don't, I don't think they're dwelling on Krejci coming back. But like I said, I also don't understand what the big fucking deal is if it is an option that's kept open. It, it's not any crazier than let's go get P.K. Subban or no, uh, know, all these other things. Like Krejci, like I said to you, I think I had said to you, Krejci going home for a year and coming back is not like going and playing in the KHL for six years and then he decided to come back and stole someone's roster spot. Maybe it's a matter of let's see what it shakes out. And if the Bruins need some help, maybe they say, David, please, you and Bergeron, just help us wrap it up. Let's get right. that kid that last year in the development and then fucking close this shit up with a new goaltender, maybe Swayman, maybe even Allmark. They could be our new tandem. We don't know. Let's see what's going to happen. We certainly oh, are on. paying each of them long enough. Yeah, I mean... You know all Mark's going to be at the NHL level. Well, no, that's what I mean, though, is that – but we live in an era now where it's much safer to have two really good goaltenders. Oh, sure. Than sure. one awesome goal. Like, when we were growing up, you had one fucking goaltender that you rode hard, and they were a magician in that net or whatever kind of thing. And you had someone who came in when that person got hurt or needed every 20-day games a day off kind of thing. Now, you can go 60-40. It's not weird anymore, and the Bruins are so used to that kind of goaltending at this point. Maybe that's something that they try to develop into the future, too. You know, just saying. Sure. But, yeah, anyways, and I don't think that – I don't think Bergeron was trying to stir up drama when he mentioned David. I think it's – Oh, I do. I want him – yeah, he's probably like, hey, you know what will really make Bruins fans' brains explode on social media if I say David Krejci's going to – then people – That's where it all starts. That's where it all starts. We can't trust Don Sweeney's word, but everybody can trust St. Patrice. (laughs) There's something. Anyways, my point was congratulations, David. Just like we knew, you'd go home. You'd be fine. Have fun. Ride it out. I hope you score lots of goals. And I think just to be obnoxious, we should keep a David Krejci update – David Krejci update scored seven goals this week. Boop, boop, boop. That was your David Krejci. The drama train continues. Yeah, the drama train continues. Uh, this week, Pasta decided that he really missed David Krejci and is praising how happy he is that he scored seventy-two goals in the last three weeks in, in, <laughs> in, in ball league. hockey. <laughs> just, yeah, I'm just kidding. Uh, that might be a funny, uh, tense reliever. Okay, um, so. Boston Bruins have, well, part of like NHL, they have like the diversity inclusion alliance and stuff like that, you know, trying to make good on the pledges that the teams have. And they have, the Bruins have a mentorship program. Uh, 12 participants are going into the Boston Bruins diversity inclusion mentorship program. So it's helping people like within hockey, youth, whatever, um, learn how to 
help catalyst, you know, be a catalyst for making the sport more inclusive and diverse through the way that they're looking at how they're doing scouting, coaching, things like that. Um, so you can find the list of the participants online, but it's pretty cool. It's a nine month program. You know, they'll have interactions with the regular NHL kind of things and within a, the community around here. So I just wanted to bring it up because good for them for being uh, getting picked because these are people that you know you really you think have the desire and the tools and the willingness to learn and kind of help change from within instead of just hoping everything will eventually change. You have to sit back and actually change things. Also, because I'm glad the Bruins are following through on what their pledges have been to uh, do their part to make the NHL more open, not just to middle, you know, whatever, white, basically. I mean, it's not, I don't think it's a secret that people think hockey is a white person sport. I mean, I'm glad there's more diversity. There's way more diversity when we were than we were, we were kids. And I'm hoping in another 30 years, we don't even have to have, you know, not even right. 30 years, but who knows how long. Hopefully in three years, we're not even having the conversation. So <clears throat> that's that. I don't know. Just wanted to bring it up because that's a big no, That's honor. awesome. That's awesome that, you know, the organization is, um, you know, a, a conscious effort to get more people involved into the game, no matter uh, what ethnicity at, or whatever. I can't even talk. Ethnicity. Yeah, that they are. So it, it's it's really cool and good on them for, you know, participating. Yeah, it's got to change for the people who are in charge. You know, you need a new yep. crop. Not everyone's bad, but there are some horror stories out there. And there are definitely, especially sports itself already has a weird power dynamic of who you know, what you do, you know, which teams you play for. And that's all sports, whether it's elite baseball, whatever. And then, but especially, like I said, that hockey is for everyone. Really mean it. Do something to mean it. When you're building your teams and growing the sport, build it for this century, not last century. Like a lot of the rhetoric, when we talk about these things, I feel like, well, that's great, but this is 2021. We can't employ the same tactics we were trying to use in 1978. Like it's a different world. We're a different, we're a different world. So really mean it this time. And I like that, but all right. Well, I think we're getting close to though, taking a break because this wasn't the biggest, uh, the brunt of a big brunt of our show is our interview with Mr. Donnelly. Uh, so we actually, unless you have something right now, I don't, we can, act, we, we can do the, uh, the, uh, our mid show break right now and, um, and, and, and talk about, uh, and get, and get, uh, Patrick Donnelly involved, uh, you in know, into our podcast. We had uh, a great, um, discussion with him. So, um, let's hear from uh, Bruce Sullivan at Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. He has got some great stuff. So um, uh, follow the Facebook page, send him an email, but he'll get it into all those details right now. So uh, we'll, be, we'll be right back. Hello, Bruins fans. This is Bruce from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia with our black and gold memorabilia moment of the week. On September 19th, we host Bruins legend and Hall of Famer Brad Park. Reserve your Brad Park autographed inscribed black or white JSA authenticated jersey for just $119 or Brad Park JSA authenticated puck for $39. Score with a dual inscribed Mark Recchi jersey for $119. 
a JSA authenticated mini for 99. We still have a few pieces from our Sean Thornton signing. Grab a JSA authenticated Thornton fight photo for $30 or an inscribed puck for 35. Our Jerry Cheever's sale continues. Take home a Jerry Cheever's dual inscribed black or white JSA authenticated jersey with two inscriptions, Hall of Fame 85 and Stanley Cup 7072 for just $79. A 1970 Stanley Cup commemorative puck for $35 or a JSA inscribed mask photo for just $29. For more information on our dozens of Bruins hand-signed pieces and your chance to win free memorabilia each week, check us out at our Facebook page, Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Or email us directly at bostonsportsandmusic at gmail.com. And be sure to tune in each week right here to the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. Let's go! All right, we are back talking Boston Bruins. We want to thank Bruce Sullivan from Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia for uh, his contributions to our program and also a, a huge asset to anybody's fan cave. You got to get in touch with this guy because he just has awesome hand signed uh, jerseys, pictures, pucks for really, really great prices. And um, go check him out because he's awesome. Follow the Facebook page and send him an email at the uh, email address that he provided in the mid-show commercial. But um, as, as previously I mentioned at the beginning of the program, we do have a special guest uh, this week, Heather, and I'm really excited about this. Um, he was a member of the blackandgoldhockey.com website for several years, and now just an amazing accomplishment. The, the threshold has been crossed for this young man and the way he uh, grinds it out. Um, it's all talking Boston Bruins. So let's get him in and, uh, and have some, uh, some Bruins hockey talk with my friend Patrick Donnelly. Patrick, what's up, man? How's it going, guys? Good morning. Very Congratulations good. Congratulations to you, sir. Thank you. Yeah, sounds uh, like I'm gonna have to get in on that that man cave action because I lo- I love my jerseys. I got the Paul Korea one over my shoulder. Oh, yeah, get in nice. on that. It sounds like those awesome jerseys stuff. are red hot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so but, we're very happy. Thank you for joining us this morning, sir. Thank you for having me. Yeah. So just- for the for those who don't know, uh, Mr. Patrick Donnelly, Patrick worked with us at the BlackAndGoldHockey.com website for quite some time while he was a student at BU and is currently a student at BU graduating in 2022 as a sports journalism major, I believe, Patrick. Is that right? Uh, They don't technically have sports journalism, so just journalism, I guess, to be technical, um, but very sports focused, yes. There you go. And you can follow him at PatDon12. That's at Pat, D-O-N-N-12. Thank you again for your time today. Truly appreciate it. And and all the uh, efforts you've made at uh, Black and Gold in the past as one of our our really go-to guys to to get um, um, breaking news out and uh, in in a timely fashion. And uh, it was truly sad to see you walk away. But I got to tell you, I'm having like a proud papa moment, you know, as as the as the guy that leads B and G um, on on a straight and narrow. Sometimes, um, it was it was uh, gratifying to see the uprise in your uh, journalistic career uh, covering the Boston Bruins, but particularly this new job working for NHL.com as a Bruins media correspondent, and you got access to 
places that I probably won't get to yet, but I'm striving for. But uh, it's just an amazing accomplishment, Pat. And uh, please tell us a little bit about how this all happened over the summer, because you pretty much said in, in our pre-show discussion that it was pretty much dropped in your lap. Yeah, so um, I like had pretty much not done any writing at all like over the summer, just because I had a, a summer job at a golf course that I'd been at for several years, and I had an internship with uh, the North Shore Navigators or the NDCBL, just being their team photographer, pretty much. And so I was just, for lack of a better term, killing myself like seven days a week at those jobs. Um, and then I, I had like a rare day off. I was out playing golf with some of my buddies and um, Michael Holly, who I've had a couple classes with at BU. He's with uh, NBC Sports Boston, been with the Globe and WEI forever. Um, so I had him my sophomore year and he just texted me out of the blue. He was like, hey, I know this assignment editor at NHL.com. Um, there's this Bruins correspondent opening. Um, you cover home games, morning skates, uh, probably breaking news and features as needed. Um, why don't you reach out to him? I th thought of you, thought you'd be perfect. And so I said, okay, sounds good. And so I reached out to Barry Rubenstein, who is the assignment editor that I went through um, at, NH at NHL and kind of just chatted with him a little bit about what would it, it would entail, um, what it would be like. And then I had sort of a little bit of a tryout where I watched a Bruins game from last season and did what I would do for a normal game day, um, getting the story out um so what it is it's getting a story out at the buzzer um just game recap what happened and then 90 minutes later going through with quotes and extra details from press conferences and so kind of just did that and then waited a, a couple days and barry said hey do you have time to talk and i was like of course i have time to talk um as i was sitting in bumper to bumper traffic on the mass pike coming back from vacation um and he called me and offered me the job so and I, I wasn't even like looking for anything. I just got that text from Michael Holly out of the blue and I was off and running. Yeah. Well, that's, that's a amazing. testament to you and the resume that you built for yourself because you work hard and you Thank earned you. it. Do you know what I mean? And mm -hmm. it did fall on your lap, but I know that you're going to take it and you're going to run with it. Right. Yeah. Thank you. Good things. It'll be awesome. So I, I wanted to ask, uh, as a longtime New England native, what moment friend or family member got you into the sport of hockey just to get a little bit about you um i don't know um i really like i knew about the bruins and all that like when i was growing up and i never really i played like street hockey a lot um tried to take it up early my dad brought me and my brother to the morning skate or the learn to skate program and all we had was like bike helmets and the guy wouldn't let us on um <laughs> And uh, but like years later, the we had a friend who ran it. He was like, "Oh yeah, I would have let them on." Like that other guy's an idiot, but whatever. Um, and then like so, I kind of latched onto the Bruins around like fourth, fifth grade. And then at the end of fifth grade, they win the Stanley Cup. Um, and then in that following like Christmas, I got an Xbox and just played NHL 12 forever. And so that's kind of how I got obsessed with it. And I had some friends in middle school who kind of said, "Yeah, you should you come come like figure like to learn to skate. We'll help you figure it out." And I started playing hockey, ended up playing in high school and still try to play as much as I can during the winters around here. Um, and so that's kind of how I just like fell in love with it was just, you know, my friends who played and then just like figuring out, um, I guess the game for lack of a better term, playing a video game, um, just completely random that I just like latched onto it that way, but I'm happy for it. Yeah, I know. Um, I was actually wondering, did you always know you wanted to be a sports journalist? 
or is it um, something you kind of evolved? Even you maybe like sports or just journalism generally, and you decide to specify it. If so, like, are there anybody who like influenced you? Like, you know what? That's what I want to do. Um, I would say it was more like in like the beginning of high school and stuff like that, where everyone's, especially at like the cafeteria, everyone's like the armchair GM. It's like, what would you do? And so I was like, you know, being a GM or in the front office somewhere would be really cool. And I was like, you know, they, uh, they really give those positions to former players and my success would only take me to the JV level. Um, <laughs> and so I was like, well, I really like talking about them. And so I had some, some upperclassmen at my high school that I knew started this, uh, this podcast and this blog. And I ended up going on a couple of their podcasts and I really liked it. And then they graduated, but I started another one with some of my buddies um, from home and from uh, the high school I was at. And so it was kind of just off and running. I wouldn't say I had one set like influence. It was just kind of like, oh, hey, I, I like talking about it. And at least it feels like it's very enjoyable and kind of easy once you figure it out. Um, so it was, again, I don't think it was very much like traditional where I was like looking up to anybody in specific, but I figured out I liked it. So. And you got at it. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I, I think so. Sometimes. <laughs> uh, pa Patrick, I wanted to know what, what you're most looking forward to um, as a new member of NHL.com and a Bruins correspondent at morning practices and, and game times and all the other events. Um, what are you most looking forward to when you, when you finally cross that threshold? Um, I think from the very start, probably being able to be in that press box for the games, because I've been able to be there for like the bean pot hockey's tournament. Um, but it's just like when for a little while, my goal has always kind of been to end up being a, on the Bruins beat and all that. I feel like that is kind of where like, I'll at least like have a tangible realization of getting that goal where, Oh, I'm finally here. I'm like I'm doing this and hopefully I feel like I belong there. Um, and yeah, and then I think it's kind of just, you know, everybody talks about, you know, the access you can get and the relationships you can build up, whether it's your peers in the press box or with the players. Um, and maybe that leads to some good content. Um, I think that's all re a really exciting prospect to me, just the connections I'll be able to make the, around the locker room, around the press box. I think that's going to be really cool. Because you're, you know, you're coming in, graduating in a world like journalism has changed a lot in the last 20 years, digital media, whatever, yeah. you know, the whole kit and caboodle. And you live in a world where, you know, someone who puts out like you put really solid, well thought out, you know, fact articles, but then you're also competing with all this out there. That's just kind of clickbait material. I'm not like, you know, calling people up, but like how. How do you think that maybe your generation is a lot better prepared from the get-go to like navigate to be able to stay on the journalism path and not get sucked in, but also be very present in all that social media and digital media and other sorts? Yeah, I think um, where we've kind of grown up with all sorts of social media and all this multimedia where the traditional just print journalism isn't like really the be-all end-all anymore, I feel like... Um, or at least, like we try to be or are in, in most cases like very well prepared to do like um, multiple avenues of journalism, whether it's writing or multimedia with a video or photos um, or designing graphics or what have you. I feel like it, the, the versatility of a lot of us um, 
really helps us, especially with the way it's changing where, you know, you kind of have to be a jack of all trades um, and you can't like, yes, you probably could be able to get by just doing writing or just doing um, video or photography, but it really helps if you're able to do all of the above. Things are starting to pick up in Boston when it comes to Boston Bruins hockey and um, the prospects challenge is coming up on Friday, September 17th. But the uh, the the official prospect training camp uh, kicks off on the 16th, that Thursday. Um, what player or players do you think will make the biggest impact in an effort to impress Boston Bruins management for further looks as the season approaches just 34 days away? I really like how Brady Lyles kind of shaped up in his short time here. Um, I know a lot of people, you know, want to say, oh, Mason Lowry's really making a jump quickly, but he's still got to go to college and put some weight on and, you know, learn the tougher bits of the game there. Um, but I bet he's, he's, at least he seems like he's coming along quicker than a lot of other people expected. But Brady Lyle looked really good at rookie camp, um, looked really good with Providence last year. And it just kind of feels like he's probably going to be in the mix with Connor Clifton for that third pair spot um, if he's able to continue this upward trajectory he's had through last year. Yeah, he's a solid defenseman. He worked really good with Jack Ashan last year. And in my honest opinion, if it was a 72-76 a game regular season without this pandemic times, I believe that though, that pairing could have been the best in the American Hockey League if they got yeah. you know a full, a full reign and got to see more teams than just two in the division, you know. Um, but I, I, I have high praise of Brady Lyle. What a sneakily um, unseen, undrafted uh, look from the Boston Bruins to get him in there on an AHL deal and then, you know, uh, produce that one year and, and be enough for them to get him on an entry-level deal and under contract with the Bees. So uh, if, if, if they didn't do it at that time, I heard that there were other teams that were going to pounce on him quickly. So uh, he, he's just got he's – he's got the tools to really compete uh, at this level. So I'm, I'm looking forward to, uh, to, to watching him. Yeah. And it's, it's interesting where um, I believe he was coming off his overage year in CHL. Right. And so yeah. you put up, you have a great season as an overager, you have these good numbers, but everyone kind of takes it with a grain of salt. You know, he's like, he's 21 playing against 17, 16, 18 year olds. Like how much, how much stock should we really put in this? And oftentimes they don't really seem to pan out. It's just more, they were, better suited for the junior game but he's really seemed to have you know grown his game and been able to further develop as we'd like to see what are your thoughts about the 2021 Bruins offseason free agent signings and your expectations for the upcoming 2021-22 regular season um I really liked what they did all with the caveat that when it all happened at first we assumed Krejci was coming back um so you, you look at you know Nick Foligno Eric Howla um, Derek Forbort and Thomas Noshek and Linus Allmark. And you look at that forward group where you're like, yeah, you're really beefing up this bottom six, like Nick, Nick Felino and Hollow, they should really load up your, your third line. Um, and you're like, well, we just need to get Krejci back in here. Um, and then you like the forward group is, is awesome. And then Krejci's all of a sudden, Oh, I'm, I'm going home. And then you're like, Oh man, does, so does Charlie Coyle really have it in him to be that two C? And I guess we're going to find out. Um, they gave him the, the, the contract he got a couple of years ago was really that two C big boy contract. Um, but I think overall, I like what they did. I think they're still obviously in the mix for playoff contention. I just don't know um, how far it's going to take them. Cause I've, I've tried to, I've been on the train the last few years and it's like, you know, they're looking really good. 
Um, and whether it's against St. Louis where um, people say, you know, you're not tough enough, you're not big enough. And then kind of last year in the same essence where like Matt Grizzlick's getting pushed around by the Islanders. Um, and that's not a knock against him because he's a phenomenal player, but you need like Derek Forbert, we're hoping can be that guy that can be that playoff style defenseman they've been looking for for a couple of years. And then whether with and Nick Foligno can be that playoff style third line X factor you've been looking for for a couple of years. So if it if it all comes together cohesively, I think they could be a serious contender, especially if Allmark and Swayman don't go through the ups and downs like Swayman. You kind of expect it's going to happen because um, he was just playing unconscious last year. It doesn't seem very sustainable. And where he's a young goaltender, you expect the ups and downs. And then Allmark more much more of a spotlight on him here than in Buffalo where, you know, he put up good numbers behind a trash team in Buffalo, but now push comes to shove here with a team that's serious about contention. Can he keep that going? Then you look at, you know, who's playing first pair with Charlie McAvoy. Is it Forbert? Is it Grizzlick? And then the, and it comes to the forward group who can really take control of that second line center. Is it Charlie Coyle with Taylor Hall and Craig Smith? Just Jack Stanika come out of nowhere and prove that he can be the guy. Um, I think once we figure out all those questions, we'll have a, much clearer picture, but as things stand, I'm still not sure that they're um, that they're favorites for the cup by any means. Um, I think they will certainly make it to the playoffs and potentially win a round or two. I'm just not sure how far this can take them, especially without Krejci. Yeah, um, I actually, I mean, I think we're all still seeing how this team's going to shake out, right? But I was just wondering from a fan point of view and even maybe a journalist point of view, there's been some crazy, you know, the Bruins and everybody is always in on every player, right? And there's mm-hmm. been some crazy ones out there. Um, so I guess I'm asking you what kind of thing that's been out there in Bruins world, whether it be in media or just fans, because they're crazy, has been the most insane to you to think besides Jack Eichel. That's the easy out, okay? <laughs> oh, Jack, like there's you know, just no way that happen- yeah. that happens because the conversation yeah. starts with and starts and ends with Charlie McAvoy slash David Pashnak, and that's just not yeah. happening. Um, and then the other thing I wanted to ask you just to think about is who do you maybe think that via trade or whatever maybe could would be a more realistic and more helpful option to bring into the team? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I think, um, first of all, the most insane thing that I'll just never understand is the Tuka Rask stuff. Um, I'm because I'm, I'm obviously a Tuka guy. Um, like, yeah, like he has his faults, he hasn't been perfect, but like, can it's more of the fact that the conversation's just so broken around him where you can't just be like, he's pretty good, he's hasn't really had his best stuff in the best moments, but at the same time, the teams also let him down in those top moments, um, where the spectrum now has become. He's either the greatest or he just is trash and there's just no in between, which is awful. I I hate that. It's such a broken narrative and there's just no sense of um, like no, no sense of normalcy to this narrative or um, like just patience or being logical about it. It's just, it's just buzzwords left and right with Tukarask. And then as far as a trade target, that would make sense for the Bruins. I really like Thomas Hurdle, especially where I'm. I think the biggest concern has become second line center. If Charlie Coyle can't be the man for the job, and Jack Sanika still might not be ready or best suited for it, I think Tomas Hurdle would be like perfect for what this team needs because he's shown he can be 
a two-way type of player. He's responsible in his own end, but he can also score goals. He's a slightly like different player than Krejci, where he's more of a finisher than a provider. But whether it's the production he has, and he's kind of been dragged down by some pretty mediocre teams there in San Jose, because the last time they were good, he put up over 30 goals. I think it was a 70-point season for him. It was kind of his coming out party, and San Jose's fallen off, and he too has fallen off as a result. I think that change of scenery and getting him with a supporting cast like a Taylor Hall and a Craig Smith, or even if you, you, you can play wing a little bit, if maybe if you really juggle things around that way, he finds himself on the wing here. I think he would be a really perfect fit for what they what need you, at, at the moment. What are you willing to give up for him? Cause that's always the great debate because of the cap space, right? Yeah. Like you said, um, cap turned out cause Krejci didn't come back. Now it was like, Whoa, okay. Well, yeah, I think, it's probably going to be like, obviously the sharks are going to want some prospects and picks. So I feel like if you're bringing in a center, you're going to have to move out a center prospect and that the eyes turn to Jack Sidnika. He's kind of on the cusp and still is again, one of their prospects with the most trade value where overall the farm is pretty depleted as far as um, what the rest of the league thinks of them. Um, so I think Jack Sidnika has to be a part of it. I try to see if they would take a bite on Jake DeBrusque um, to be able to move out some sort of cash. Um, I don't know the, the exact number. It's it's like three and three quarters for DeBrusque, and they have they currently have a million in cap space. Um, so you, again, need to figure out the money there. But I think it's going to be like Stanika, DeBrusque, um, and probably like a – this is me trying to nickel and dime the Sharks, probably like a, a second-round <laughs> pick. Um, <laughs> like, And that, that probably doesn't get it done. That's probably me just being in la-la land. Um, but I, I think it's got to be some sort of package centered around those guys. Uh, before my my goaltending question, I do want to just uh, dovetail on what you mentioned and Tuka Rask being an iconic um, and polarizing member in Boston. But d- can you imagine back in the 40s, 50s, and even the 60s, uh, people uh, saying uh, baseball's Ted Williams going up to him like, hey, you never won the big game and, and you suck and this and that, you know? It's just yeah. it's just so weird how fans can react um, to certain things, and and it's 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 very funny how they can just be so naive and not look at the stats that this guy's put up. Uh, their franchise high numbers, career highs, and so on. And if I'm not mistaken, he's even second in in save percentage now. He was first with a long time uh, for a career percentage wise, but um, it's just so weird how people how fans can react to you know it's you know. Timmy Timmy won the Stanley Cup pretty much on on, on with a team on his back, you know. I, I guess yeah. it's, a, it's a team sport and so on. But I mean, that is the bar everybody sets. It's like you got to cross that bar and do it as a player, or you're trash. And I just don't understand that because, like Tukarask, I'll say statistically is the best goaltender in franchise history. It's just not close. And, and you're not making it up. People no, think you're stat, making that up. The stats Google. prove that he is all-time wins, save percentage. I think he's up there in shutouts, what have you, whatever you want to name. The stats are there to prove it. And everyone's like, well, you didn't win the cup. And it's like, okay, well, what do you want to do? Like 20, 2013, Johnny Boychuk just forgot how to clear the puck. Milan Lucic forgot to stick check it, like, or vice versa. And it was like 29th. And again, it wasn't a complete re- issue on those guys. It wasn't a complete issue on Raz. It was just a collective failure. Same thing with 2019, whether it's the Marshawn change or not scoring until it was garbage time and just coming out flat-footed in every single home game in that playoffs. Um, it's just, It was, again, a collective failure. Yeah, you want some saves from Rask there, but I also want some, some better effort from the guys around him. 
you look at like 2011, like Timmy Thomas, the greatest playoff run of all time. It's that's just never going to happen again. Get it through your heads. It's never going to happen again. It was a one once in a lifetime opportunity to see that type of that type of spectacle, whether it was Luongo or Thomas, because both are equally great in that playoffs. And obviously Thomas ended up being much better throughout the finals, but it's, it's never going to happen again. And I just like, like the Ted Williams point, people say, you know, best player in Red Sox history and maybe in one of the all time greats, never won a ring. And so I, I guess you get that grace period or that, that favor where you are, you do put up the numbers to be an all time great in the entire sport. But as far as like the franchise go, Rask needs like has earned that respect. And whether it's, you know, people having their expectations too high because of Thomas or subscribing to um, like just buzzword, like buzzwords and just um, lightning rod debates on local radio or what have you. It's just kind of it's broken the narrative and it's it's kind of annoying at this point. All right. So to finish to finish my um, my question on goaltending, the hot topic of the summer is Bruins goaltending starting in the 2021-22 season with Linus Allmark and backup Jeremy Swayman. So what are your expectations in the crease at the NHL level in Boston and thoughts on free agent netminder Tuka Rask and his projected return midseason? This one's the toughest question, like in every because um whether it's a podcast i do with some of my friends or what have you like i just i don't know what to say about the rask thing because i just can't see them moving on from him at just like the way things have gone like i just like i'll believe it when i see it type of deal because the bruins are are loyal to their guys to a fault um at some at sometimes um whether it's you see sean corrali he's kind of proven like this year proved why you know they moved on from guys like achari and Schaller. Um, they got they have a shelf life as much as Achari's kind of excelled in Florida. Like those fourth liners have a shelf life. But goaltending, um, I feel like it's going to be close to an even split between Allmark and Swayman. I want to say maybe at most 60-40. I'd say maybe 55-45 Allmark to Swayman just because he's, you know, he's that veteran. You paid him the big bucks. Swayman still trying to – still learning the ropes at the NHL game as far as, you know, like, yeah, he 10 great games last year, but it's 10 games and teams are going to know a lot more what to expect from him this year. And he's got to learn what to expect from other teams this year. Cause like I said, like he was playing out of his mind and that's, it's not sustainable for anybody, let alone a rookie goaltender. Um, just like just see Carter Hart, even though he's not a rookie anymore, but you know, those ups and downs of a young goalie, that's going to happen. Um, and so I feel like if you're maybe not sheltering him is the right word, but, you know, making sure that he's in a good spot and being able to continue his development because all your eggs are in his basket as far as the goaltending goes for the future. Like he's the future. If he doesn't, you trade Dan Vladar. If Jeremy Swayman doesn't work out, you're kind of up the creek without a paddle, especially if Allmark doesn't work out and you gave him those big dollars. Um, but I, I am excited to see what Allmark can do. It's going to be weird seeing a completely different face in the crease from, you know, we had Hudobin for a couple of years, Halak for a couple of years, and that one constant was Rask, and there was never sort of any turnover or major turnover. But now it's completely different, um, and you just hope those guys are able to seize the moment, I suppose, um, and not get, um, especially with Allmark, where, you know, like I said earlier, you're in a much bigger spotlight here, and you can't maybe get away with some of the same things you got away with in Buffalo, um, so again, great numbers in Buffalo. It's just got to translate to playing 
more meaningful games. And you assume it does behind a much better def- defense and structure in Boston. Yeah. And then you get to Rask. And I can I can totally see it in January if, you know, both goalies are, again, seeing those ups and downs and hasn't really been the greatest of starts. Why not bring him in on a 750, like, veteran minimum deal? I, I don't understand. I, there's no harm in doing that, especially where it's costing you almost nothing. And if he doesn't play or if he's not that great, oh, well, he's he's a mentor and he can just be a coach for, for Jeremy Swayman and then he rides off into the sunset after the season. Um, and if he does end up being um, serviceable and at a competitive level, then great. You have three capable NHL goaltenders for a playoff run that you need to load up for, um, especially if it might be Patrice Bergeron's last one. Um, so I, I don't see any harm in bringing him back. But then again, I'd say it's more likely – like as far as just like being a, a realist, I guess um, it's probably more likely than not that he doesn't come back because they have no no obligation to bring him back. He's an undrafted, or he's an unrestricted free agent. So and he's coming off an injury. So the only pr- way they would bring him back, I think, is if they end up sh- struggling, which I hope is not the case. Yeah. Right. Yeah, please don't be struggling. We talked about that in great length the other week. Like, if we're moving on from Tuca, great, but don't just have him hovering in the shadows in the rotation if, you know, that's the situation. Um, I guess this is a weird not to flip back from Mark's goaltending, but I just had a question. This is like uh, back to your career starter (laughs) here going off into the careers. What – do you see yourself doing and like not in the like in five years kind of way but like this is your first step in your career my friend senior year bu getting ready to graduate nhl.com bound yeah what do you see yourself doing for you if you had your end game for your media multimedia career this is uh i'm probably gonna sound like every other college kid but i have no idea um (laughs) for a while when I was just really into writing, I was like, I want to, you know, be an NHL beat writer. Um, hopefully, like, work my way up to be an insider, like an Elliot Friedman type of guy. And you know, over like the last year, I got much like in, much more into the the multimedia stuff and photography and sports photography. And I'm like, well, I like that too. Um, and I I don't know if I want to you know commit to either one full time, like after I graduate um, or what have you, or try and do both. Um, so I don't know. Um, I'm just kind of taking it for, to be cliche, taking it one, one step at a time. Um, and then I guess I'll figure out, you know, after graduation, what job prospects are looking like. Um, and, and especially how the season goes, it'll give me a glimpse into, you know, that avenue of, of a potential career. So I, I feel like I'll have a much better idea in May. All right. No pressure. It's all right. And you're allowed to change your mind too. If you decide you yeah. want to start doing the photography stuff, maybe you decide, you know what, I want to run one of these teams, social medias, building your empire one step at a time. That's fine. I, I appreciate that. Yeah. You should see, you should see the awesome pictures he takes up in uh, like North Conway and stuff on his Instagram. It's uh, it's uh, actually impressive. I love the trains. Trains yeah. are awesome. I, yeah. I've just liked him my whole life and, you know, it gives me an excuse to, go out and see him, I, I suppose. Um, but we, cause we've been going up there, uh, my, like pretty much my entire life. And so I know, I know the spots and I, I know like the timing and stuff. It's a lot of mental math for the timing for, especially for a communications kid who isn't the strongest math guy. Um, <laughs> but 
Um, but it's a lot of fun. It's, it's pretty rewarding too. like whether it was um, um, like the baseball team this summer and seeing like the players, you know, post your like post your pictures of them and like tag you in them. Um, it's kind of a little superficial, um, but it's, it's also like pretty rewarding because you see your pictures being used everywhere. And it's pretty cool. Not All, everyone right. Can last take question. All right. Last question from me, Pat. Uh, friend of those, uh, friend of the Black and Gold Hockey Podcast, and diehard Boston Bruins fan Maria from Watertown wants to know your thoughts on Patrice Bergeron and his comments about his last season under contract and future services in Boston. So, on on my other podcast the other day, I tried. I was trying to think of a way to positively spin this. It was like, oh, maybe he just meant, you know, as far as a contract goes, he doesn't want to go long term, and he wants to do that Sedano Chara one year at a time evergreen type of deal. Um, but that's not at all what he said. It was very much, it sounded like a very much about his playing future. And that's understandable. It's his 18th season in the NHL. There's a ton of miles on those tires, um, whether it's the injuries or the sheer amount of games he's played. Like he's had a hard career and he's made the most of it. Um, so I really hope, like, I, I just I just have no idea because it's going gonna, it's gonna to be a circus too all season where it's like, are you coming back? And then even if he does come back, then it's and he does those one year at a time, which is I'd imagine it would, what it would be since he's 36 now, and it could happen any year where he decides he wants to hang him up. Um, then every year, it's are you coming back or do you think you're going to play one more year? Um, so there's really it's it's going to be a lot of that um, just throughout the season. And if he does decide to stick around and keep playing um, every subsequent year, but I. I like again. It's hard to put a positive spin on that. Where just the 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 comment was so brutally honest. Where I'm going to play out this year and then decide after that. And I wouldn't have. I'd have been like, ah, oh, you know, he's coming back. Like, don't worry about it. But then you know, Tom Brady left a couple of years ago. Different sport, but similar situation. Where oh, if he leaves the Patriots, he's retiring. But you know, maybe Patrice Bergeron. Um, I don't think it'll ever happen. But maybe it's. Um, you know, playing for somewhere else. I don't, again, I don't think that will ever happen, but whether it's retirement or that, or, you know, Zidane Chara last year, it's like, oh, if he's not coming back to the Bruins, he's retiring and he goes off somewhere else. And then crazy this year, it's like, oh, he wants to go back home, but that's not going to be this year, is it? And then it, it is this year. And all of a sudden we're in a panic. And so I think we're still a little scarred by all of those situations, especially with the Bruins, whether it's crazy or Chara and, you know, those guys leaving. So I, but I don't think it's time to hit the panic button just yet. I think I'd rather see how things play out. Maybe he says something a little different. Maybe he backs it up at some point. Um, you never know. Um, but I'm not quite ready to panic just yet, even though it does sound a little bad. I was going to ask because of obviously age, like you don't really know a world where Patrice Bergeron wasn't being Patrice, right? Exactly. So like, yeah. just like we grew up with certain players where the core, you know, growing in the 70s and 80s, that like for you like I just wanted to ask how has it been like I know how it feels for me to watch the core break up because I had to wait so long for us to have a core to give us these 10 11 glorious years of actually having nice solid yeah. we might actually win it we had many chances when Mark and I were growing up so as I watch the pieces fall away and you can even add Tuka into that right this is the first time in a long time Tuka isn't going to be in net to start and probably at all you know for a while, how have you felt to watch your team that you kind of grew up with, right? The core guys, 
it all falling away. You know, it's obviously changed in your lifetime, but how has this been for you? Like, do you know what I mean? Obviously no one's yeah. panicking. We're fine. We're going to be a viable team, but shed some yeah, light for the younger generation. I don't know if it's like sad or like anything like that. It's just weird. Um, like, you know, Chara leaves and, you know, I, I, I was saying all through the fall, like there's no way he plays for another team. If he's not coming back, he's retiring. And all of a sudden he's wearing Washington colors. And that was just the weirdest thing ever. And you've grown so accustomed to seeing Patrice Bergeron with the A. It was synonymous with him on his jersey. And all of a sudden he's wearing the C. And, you know, we were all ready for that. Um, you know, Patrice Bergeron's been captain and waiting for so many years. But it's still strange seeing the captain C on him when you he's been wearing the A for 15 years. Um, and, you know, Krejci, who might be one of the most underrated Bruins of all time, now gone. And he, you knew every single year – he was going to be a lock at second line center. You knew what you were going to get out of him, barring he was healthy. Um, you know, he had those couple of years, a couple of, like a couple seasons ago, where he was a little had a nagging injury. But ever since he's been clear of that, he's been normal Krejci ever since. Um, and then now you don't have that, and it's I don't know. It's just so weird to me how like again, it's a it's a sport, it's business, and people grow old. Like there's there's and have to retire from Tell the game. But, um, but yeah, it's just it's just odd, odd to get like you get used to it, but it's just a little weird. Well, you get to cover the new era of the Bruins coming yeah. in, so it's in good hands, I think. So bring us into this next era on that. So um, that's all I have. Awesome, um, Patrick. This has been a blast, and I really appreciate the time that you've given us. And uh, again, congratulations on the new job at NHL.com. Um, I look forward to uh, reading your work and, and moving it forward to um, our social platforms. Uh, and again, I just want to say thank you for your time and, uh, and uh, service at the blackandgoldhockey.com. In the past, you've, like I said, you were a tremendous writer and really worked up the ranks. But I'm happy that th uh, this platform was like a, um, a stepping stone. Uh, for you, sir. So uh, congratulations and thanks again on this uh, on this podcast. I hope we get to do it more often during yeah. the season to get some more of your insight as a, as a, uh, as a young man crossing the uh, the barrier of uh, sports, Boston sports journalism. So, yeah, thank you so much for having me. And again, all the opportunity over the years with uh, with BNG, whether it was, you know, covering development camp a couple years ago, like that was awesome. Um, Province Bruins games like couldn't like just the opportunity and the experience I was able to get was awesome. Absolutely. So proud of you. Right. So proud. Yeah, very proud. Very proud. Mm -hmm. All right, Patrick, thank you very much. We'll get you on your day. I know you have a family obligation to get to, but thank you for, um, you know, working with us and, and getting this done early so you can uh, enjoy the rest of your Sunday. It's a beautiful day out there, so why not? So um, thanks again, and uh, we'll be right back. All right, Bruins fans, we are back. We just heard from uh, the awesome – uh, Patrick Donnelly, what a great interview that he's and a great guy and, and truly miss him working with us at BNG. But obviously, you know, he's got a great opportunity to uh, move on and, and cover the Boston Bruins uh, as a media correspondent uh, for NHL.com. So um, truly, truly appreciate his time and effort uh, today. And uh, hopefully we can get him back on and, um, mm -hmm. and talk some Boston Bruins hockey as the uh, season quickly approaches. So. That, that was awesome. Yeah, it was. And we're so proud of him. Like we said, I can't say it enough. You know, go off 
Great things, my young man. And we'll see you again soon, hopefully, to get some of your insight in here on uh, Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. All right. Well, we're in that last week. That's the last lull of the season. The last things aren't quite heating up for the next season, but things have died down. But now we'll start seeing those last minute moves people are having. Camps are opening up. Um, There was a lot of rookie camps. I saw other teams had had their rookie camps this week uh, in some analysis on those. So we didn't have, you know, as many Bruins topics as we normally do, and that's fine. But the there was another big thing that happened in hockey this week, and that was that the NWHL changed their name. Yeah, they rebranded. The Premier Hockey Federation. Uh, They've rebranded. I know this has been in the works, but they officially launched it with a chilling, like, you know, goosebump two-minute rebranch video. Um, I have mixed feelings about it, but it's also not my product, and I can see why changes were made, and I understand the reasons behind it, and either way, I'm all in to support uh, these athletes. Uh, But it's interesting, right? They're gaining track. Like, a lot – this league has been transforming very rapidly in the last – few years really the last two years since the pandemic hit which is incredible in the sense like they're growing their product and changing you know i mean you've got to have a good traction to totally rebrand a product like that when you're still a young league i mean they are still a young league who are going into season uh seven or whatever you know and eight maybe i think i think i'm off i'm sorry my brain sunday brain just happened in my brain there for a second but the point is Crazy Low got the crown, kind of sneaky with the W still kind of being in there. Um, same teams. There's no change in that. It's the same league. It just they have a new brand. Uh, so if you're looking to get in on the action, the NWHL is not them anymore. Look for them under uh, the P the PHF. I don't know. I can. I keep wanting to say league, but it's not. That's like a sounds more like a soccer league federation. So I don't know. What did you think about this? It's another exciting change and, you know, growth for them. I've been, I've been listening to a couple podcasts about, about the, um, the change and everything like that. Everyone thoughts seems, had an excellent one. And it seems <laughs> like there's um, uh, a world aspect that they want to um, garner uh, players from a, a world caliber and not just a North American thing. So it, they really talked about um, stuff like that and, and getting more Europeans and and, uh, and others involved into this um, into this federation and and maybe this is a stepping stone for them to get a, a, along with uh, the PWHA uh, maybe uh, expansion um, you know uh, who knows but uh, it, this is. Re- I think this is a good path for them to go on because it opens up several opportunities for other members um, around the world. So uh, good things for women's hockey, man. It's just, I can't wait for the freaking puck to drop on the Boston pride season. Um, And that is coming up on in November. So November 6th. Yeah. I hope, hopefully going to be able to get into a game and and watch at the warrior uh, or a couple. I'm looking forward to that. And um, because it is great hockey. And it's really important for um, for the growth of the game, um, you know, on that certain aspect of it. So, yeah, um, there was a great uh, the commissioner Ty. She gave 
she was on with Jeff Merrick and Elliot Friedman yeah. on 31 Thoughts this week. There's a good pod. That, I know it's been, obviously, this is a big deal with the rebranch. Like I said, I mean, I support these ladies all the way. I understand their reasonings behind the change. It does open up a lot of avenues for them to grow. They did have their first international draft this year. So that's big. They're looking to expand the league, the number of teams as well. I know that's an end goal. And, you know, I, I think that they've proven to have a good growth model for business, right? Sometimes businesses fail, not because they're not good business ideas or good whatever. In this case, it's a hockey franchise, you know, a, a hockey league or but because they grow too fast and they don't prop themselves up and develop properly so that there's a future. Like things can grow real fast. Great. But sustainability is the most important thing. You know what I mean? Exactly. So their product has really helped the diversity inclusion aspect we talked about, obviously girl power all day long, you know, and such. Uh, but just helping to grow the sport generally, they've had a very good face on and they have done what they had to do to now they're getting the sponsors. Again, you have, you have enough establishment. You can up and change the actual whole name of your league and still not worry about if that might be unrecognizable, if you're going to lose people in the shuffle. Um, so good for them. And I'm, I mean, hopefully ultimately this, uh, a joint effort. We know there's been a lot of division in women's hockey over the last, you know, I mean, I don't know how to say it. I'm not, I'm not on anybody's side. I want everybody to, you know, that, but They've done a good job, too, of meeting their goals. They've grown their, um, like, one of their goals about players getting paid. Well, sure, it's not equal yet to what professional men leagues necessarily are, but they're getting paid a lot more. The salaries a lot more to be able to give people a little more and draw, um, you know, people don't, it's hard, like you said, to have a full-time job and then try and do this as a job, too, without the support. So, getting things. So next thing you know, hopefully they're getting the sponsors just like in the NHL where they just hand them equipment. They get those kind of sponsors too, to come in and help alleviate so that the caps that teams are facing can go more towards paying personnel as opposed to having to literally pay for your own gas kind of thing. I'm not saying their league does that, but you know, when you're a growing league, you have to take your bumps along the way. And I don't know, they props to everybody over the last seven years that have really dug into make yep. this league great because it Absolutely. really is like mark said quality hockey so if you still haven't bought in now we're going to preach to buy in on the phf but you're insane because this is awesome hockey these ladies are really 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 good or these women or whatever we're gonna these athletes as they want to yep. be known as are excellent like just so fun to watch all of them you know like yep. you want to watch them a white caps riveters game just because you know it's going to be an intense awesome game yep. and if you're not in on it you are a fool so get in on it people okay and so you can, that's a, yeah and you can definitely go on like twitch on platforms like twitch and watch these yeah. games um and uh I, I think that um there's going to be more um games being televised nationally uh yeah. in the upcoming year and and also the games are uh the tickets are cheap I mean, even season tickets are not that bad. Uh, and all the uh, home games are at the Warrior Ice Arena in Brighton, Mass. Very easy to get to. 
Um, you know, there's a lot of cool things that are going on around uh, Boston Landing, where Warrior Ice Arena is. Mm-hmm. Awesome restaurant, um, the Rail Stop, my favorite. Uh, that's my go-to when I go and cover the Bruins at the Warrior. So uh, I always go in there for something to eat and a nice drink afterwards uh, to decompress and take some notes. But um, uh, there's there's so much expansion going on uh, around that area with so much to do. So um, definitely looking forward to catching the game over there. Definitely. Can't wait. They're starting in November, November 6th. So that's it. That's what we really have that we thought we'd hit on today. Uh, So glad we got to interview Andrew. uh, Andrew, why did I say that? Sorry. Patrick, I was flipping through and the word I looked at looked sort of like it. it. Sometimes rains do that. I'm sorry, people. But Keep an eye. Next weekend is the Prospect Challenge out in Buffalo. And obviously, uh, they'll be showing up for camp, like Mark said, on Thursday first. Uh, And everyone else will be trickling in. We have our first uh, preseason game versus Washington on Sunday the 25th at 5 o'clock. So, of course, we'll have recorded before that happens or whatever. Uh, And the NHL opens up on the 12th. But most importantly, the Bruins and... The Providence Bruins open up on the 16th. After that, we're waiting for the six for the Boston Pride, who are opening up versus the Minnesota Whitecaps. We're playing the Dallas Stars on the 16th. That is only, as Mark pointed out, a Brian Defoe day away from here, but maybe as a Dano Chara, if you if you don't get to listen to this until morning, that's it. That's it. We're moving into, hey, sorry I messed up when I was giving the shout-outs about the podcast. So that's something you guys can do, other people with, other ideas and things to think about when you like to just ponder the Bruins like we do, you do, everyone on our podcast network and our great writers do. So go out there, listen to all the podcasts. Uh, Us, obviously. um, I'm biased, though, so don't just do that. Uh, But go on um, blackandgoldhockey.com. There's a podcast network. Just keep going. I know, like, if you look up one of our pods that – uh, down the bottom on like your Apple, or your Spotify, it'll say also people listen to this also or yep. recommended for you. Follow all of it. How many mark? Um, not including your maples, but follow. Remember the maples as well wherever you're listening. Right now we have uh, ten programs on the podcast network at blackandgoldhockey.com. We just got a new one that uh, Ryan Ellis, a new writer for the uh, website, has started a program and that kicked off and it is called Don't Poke the Pod. And it's a very well done uh, first premiere episode that dropped. So definitely follow them. We got, uh, unfortunately, we lost um, um, Bruins Breakdown. Those guys, uh, Leon and Ryan. Leon's got a new baby and and his work schedule is just too tough. And Ryan's got a music career that he's trying to work on. So when they have uh, more time to record they, they they said that they'd love to come back and we have an open seat for them so Always. um but we got the short shift pod we got puck lines. hockey puck lines podcast which is coming up um with more episodes soon um, dump and change dump and change those guys are coming back soon hopefully uh shout out to jmi and continued um um you know recovery efforts um, Don't forget the Lindroth. That's a yeah, great the, podcast. The Lindroth yeah. Hockey Podcast, which they they have fantastic interviews with everybody in the hockey community. It's an it's an unbelievable program. So uh, definitely check out uh, all those shows and subscribe. Yeah, and Lions, Beehive. Yeah, there's too many to oh, remember. Beehive, you know all this. Beehive, yeah, yeah, the heart of lines and everyone. It's you know it's been an off season. Um, everyone's been having some content here and there, everywhere. Not Mark. He's a He's a slave to the grind, baby. We have to be here every week, two hours. No excuses, even in the offseason. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but seriously, go 
listen to all these shows, follow uh, Bruins Weekly on YouTube, things like that. Yeah. Uh, definitely all the awesome back. writers. Yeah, yeah, and if if you want to get involved in the BNG uh, team, uh, please send me an email at Black and Gold uh, Productions LLC at gmail.com. And we're looking for writers. We're looking for more podcasts. We're looking for YouTube creators. Anything that you can be done digitally, um, we're welcoming new members. If you if you're an experienced writer or you're not an experienced writer, we work with you guys. So. Um, if you could put out some good quality and do it consistently, like if you can write an article per week, you have a seat at our table. If you know, we just we're a content machine. We, we try to be try to be a content machine. Try to post a, uh, an article per day. We have a great, great staff, and um, and it's getting bigger. So, uh, truly appreciate all the support. And like I said, please reach out with an email, and um, mm -hmm. and that's that's basically all I got. So. Come to but, the dark side. Exactly. Join us. Side. Join us. We have fun. We're fun on the dark side. Also, just so you know, guy, when I was at the ring for my kids' practice, it reminded me when I'm in there, I will talk to the guy about, I know you keep looking for ice. You want to get all these boys together, play some pickup hockey, this and that. But it reminded me, I'm going to get you the contact information you need to work something out if needed. Exactly. at our local place over there right now um that's it so thank you everybody awesome and we have our patreon so we is do. that what we're doing right now yeah yep, we have a patreon account i mean i always say account uh, we have a patreon campaign going on where you donate one dollar per episode and you can win some free stuff so please go to patreon.com slash black and gold hockey podcast for your chance to win next week um, the 19th, Sunday the 19th, we are giving away this Rick Middleton hand-signed jersey, fully authenticated, beautiful jersey. This is the kind of stuff that we get from Bruce Sullivan at Boston Sports and Music Memorabilia. Highly recommend that you donate $1, very cheap. The most you're going to get is probably $6 a month. You know, it's a very short, small investment. Um, for something to spice up your uh, your fan cave with some awesome hand signed, um, authentic stuff from uh, from Bruce, and uh, you know he has all he recently had Mark Recchi, he had Andy Moog, he had Sean Thornton. So we're gonna get some jerseys from all these guys to give away on our podcast. So uh, please donate a dollar to Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. I mean, I'm sorry, patreoncom slash Black and Gold Hockey Podcast. So with that being said. I think we're going to end this show as we get closer to Boston Bruins hockey. We truly appreciate the support. Uh, please like and share on YouTube and, um, and subscribe there, obviously. And also, um, please subscribe to uh, the podcast on all the platforms um, and, and rate and review. We would certainly appreciate that. That it means a lot to us when we get the uh, five-star um, reviews and, um, you know, when you say something nice or bad about us, it doesn't matter. So, Heather. All press is good press, my friend. Exactly. Hey, it's been a week. I feel like it was light, but I can't feel too badly because we normally can't stop talking and we're like, oh, geez, we better hurry up. We, we have too much stuff to talk. No, so, but we, we really appreciate the uh, the efforts that um, that Patrick Donnelly uh, did coming on and, and moving his schedule around to to join us today. So shout out to him and, and his future yeah. career. The kids, are, he's got to, you know, really bright future ahead of him. And we also want to thank uh show sponsor, betonline.ag for always being with us. You guys are the best. So um, with that being said, I'm going to 
cancel the I mean, cancel this. Oh my god, I'm shutting down <laughs> operations because I want to go outside and enjoy this freaking. I know it's like it's beautiful. Go, well, I got football to watch. You don't right nope. now. I'm, I'm going to watch a hockey go. game. I'm going to find a hockey game on hockey TV. So. You do that. I'm going to go watch eight hours of football like every other American. Just kidding. <laughs> All, right. All right, guys. Thank you All so right. much. Bye. Peace out. Enjoy yourselves and be safe. And we'll see you all next week when we come back for some more Boston Bruins Hockey Talk. Hopefully we got some more news to talk about. But um, well, we'll, we will be able to talk about the Prospects Challenge. Yeah. So oh, we'll have positive. stuff to talk about. Yep. All right. You know we well, will. All right. With that being said, I'm gonna I'm gonna can't I said cancels again. I can't believe it. I'm so excited to go outside. I'm freaking losing my mind. You support cancel culture. Just <laughs> no, I don't. All right, everybody, goodbye. <laughs>